Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. We live in a world of confusion and comparison over our bodies as women. Even our womanhood is under attack. Raising girls in this next generation with healthy body image is even more challenging in a day where social media heavily influences what we see, what we think, and choose to do or not to do with our minds and our bodies. Because a healthy body image begins in the mind. A lot of times women in our circles speak of childbirth or motherhood as the attack on their body image. But I've been doing some deep thinking on this, and if I'm being completely honest, any struggles I had with my body began long before I had any children. A woman's body was created beautiful in design, purposed, and by a creator of beauty and love. He gave us intelligent minds and a body uniquely called woman. Yet we spend years, even generations, trying to figure out what we can do better or differently to feel or to look better or be more. So I thought today we should at least begin this episode on body image, considering what is a healthy body image. Girls, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I was thinking about this September, and I actually think that I've felt differently about my body struggles through different seasons. You know, you mentioned childbearing, and that was one time in my life where I felt like my body just doesn't seem to fit, like when I was in postpartum. And then I transitioned to like the middle years of having lots of young kids where I didn't always have the time to, you know, exercise or eat as healthy as I wanted to. And then that brought upon some different types of body image struggles. And now, you know, as we've talked about in a previous episode, I'm right smack dab in the middle of perimenopause. And now my body is looking completely different and giving me more reason to think, what is going on? Why is my body betraying me? So I feel like I've had different thoughts about my body through different seasons. But I don't know if you girls have seen this. There's There's a meme that's floated around for years and years, and it says something like, oh, to be as fat as the first time I thought I was fat. And it's funny and we laugh, but I actually was was thinking about this just last night. I remember being newly married, probably the first year or two of my marriage, I was 106 pounds and I thought I was fat. Like the enemy had told me I was fat. Now, looking back at pictures, I just recently took a look at some photos as we were pulling out our Christmas things and I was almost emaciated. I was that skinny. And yet the enemy had convinced me I was fat. Well, isn't that the the root of anorexia? And bulimia, where you believe you can be stick thin and then still believe you're fat. So that's such a lie. But I think it's really just accepting where you are in life. You know, I'm a lot older than you girls. I've gone through menopause. And I look at myself, even in the six years since we've moved to Tennessee, I see what my weight was six years ago, what it is today, just different things that start happening. You know, your hair turns gray. I look at my face and I go, oh, I see bags. I see stuff that was not there before. But I mean, I can either go have plastic surgery or just accept who I am and how God's made me. And as women, we're beautiful in every season. Those seasons are going to look differently. They just, they can't not, you know, if you have like my daughter's had six kids, 
that's going to affect how she looks, but she's still beautiful. Her husband loves her. You know what I mean? It's like, we have to just allow ourselves the freedom, I think, to move through each season and not come down on ourselves. I mean, I'm the first one to think, you know, I'm overweight. I need to fit in the jeans I fit into six years ago, but I don't. I'm buying stretchy jeans. I think we all can embrace some stretchy jeans, Kate. I I think too, September to your question, I think looking back now, I can look back at those previous seasons and see the error of my thinking. It's when I'm sitting in that season that is so hard. Like now I can look back and say, well, why did I think that I could lose my postpartum weight like within a month? I mean, I was the foolish one that actually brought her regular everyday pre-baby jeans to the hospital, just assuming that I'd have this baby and therefore I would just be able to fit back into my clothes again. And nobody told me that, you know, you're going to, it's going to take a while to get back to that pre-baby weight and you might not ever, ever see that weight again. And to be able to tell my 15-year-ago Jamie, it took you nine months to grow a baby. So it's certainly going to take at least that long and as much time to lose some of the weight. And now on the other side of it, you know, 15, 20 years later, I can actually look at those postpartum years and see this lovely picture of like Romans 12, 1. And it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And I can look and see that my sacrifice of childbirth actually mirrors in some small ways Christ's body broken for us. My body was broken on behalf of my children in my love for them. And I don't have to sit and negate that or feel bad about that or be down on my body for that. But it's now taken me, you know what, my, my oldest is 18. I'm now 18 years past that point to, to see it that way and to see actually that that was a lovely gift. It's a beautiful picture, actually, of God's redemptive plan. It's that imperishable beauty. That's good. It reminds me of when I had a writing retreat a couple of years ago and my husband booked a hotel room locally and he had me pack up my laptop and all my things. I had a big deadline for something about on motherhood. And I, I was in a rough patch. I was just entering perimenopause. And so I was feeling all the things. And um, so he dropped me off and I had snacks and everything. And of course, the first thing I did was sleep in. And then I woke up and I was just in a slump and I really spent some time in prayer and I just was pouring out my heart to the Lord and telling him, you know, how, how I felt and what I thought, you know, all those I things, I this, I that, and all those things I was saying to him. And then I, it occurred to me, the thing I was saying the most were things I felt and I thought, but they weren't truths. And a lot of it had to do with my identity because, you know, the word body image, image means a representation or outward expression. So everything we see on Instagram or social media is an image someone is creating for themselves or that we see and portray and we think about them in their life because it's something we see, an image. And so I had created this alternate image in my mind about my body and about who I am based on what I see. And so I felt really convicted to do this exercise where I had to go through and break down the lies I thought about my body and the image that I thought about itself and replace it with the truth. And one of the things I did is, as after I got out of the shower, 
you know, I got my undergarments on and everything. And I just didn't, you know, hotels have these great, not so great full length mirrors. And so I don't have one of those in my home on purpose. Well, I didn't in those years. I do now. I have teen daughters, but I sit in front of the mirror. Of course, I'm alone in this hotel room in, you know, my undergarments, my skivvies. And I just made myself look at myself. Now, this seems extreme because normally I'm in a hurry and I don't take the time. And when I do, I'm just shaming myself in my mind. And I just went through each part of my body that God created, head to toe. And I just thank the Lord for, you know, my smile that God has given me and the brain he's given me to homeschool. And I went through each thing and uh, my breasts to nurse or uh, breastfeed my babies. And I went through and I kept my stopped at my stomach, like my hips, you know, because I've carried a lot of babies. And I just rested there because obviously, you know, you can imagine. And I just really struggled with pouring out truth on that area of my body. And I thought, you know, this is a gift. This is what I have. This was the sacrifice. And this is something God's given me. And so whatever I see is what I had believed to be untrue um, was a bad and negative thing. And it seems like an extreme thing. But after, you know, so many years being married and pregnancies and thinking the wrong things about my body image, this was something I need to do for myself to put on truth. And um, now when I get changed and get in the mirror, I remember that. Like I still have trouble and I still have to work on that. But I remember that. I will never forget that. And I didn't really get a lot of writing done. But I came home from that that time there with a renewed sense of appreciation for the way God created my body. I love that September. I think that's going to really impact our listeners because I think we all need to do that. I've never done it, but I, I will. I'm a little afraid, but... I need to now because it's it's just a great exercise because I think we are far more critical of ourselves than other people are. We we think they're looking at us and going, oh, well, she's got a big this or why doesn't she lose weight? They, I don't think most people care. You know, we care because we see who we were and we remember. I mean, I remember being, you were 106 pounds, Jamie. I was 116. I had a waist, a tiny little waist. And I think now, well, those those days are never coming back and that's okay. Because nobody's looking at me. I judge myself far more harshly, I think, than other people. It's up we get so wrapped up in ourselves. We think they're looking at us or caring about us all the time. And they're they're just not. So it's coming to that realization. Maybe that's why we try to portray such a thing on Instagram or Facebook so they'll look at us differently, you know, mm-hmm. or so they'll go, wow, she looks really great for whatever reason. So I don't know. That's just a kind of an mm-hmm. off-the-cuff thought. Mm-hmm. I want to get back to this idea of lies, September, but I, I want to jump in and just remind us all of this one simple truth. And it's not something that we often like to admit, but we have to remember that the fall has made us self-worshippers. And self-worship doesn't just come by way of pride and arrogance and thinking that we're beautiful. It actually can slip to the other side by way of negative self-talk and body shaming. And that's really what this is. It is self-worship. We're thinking of ourselves too much when we constantly put ourselves down. Kate, I think you had you had said the words, you know, people are not thinking about us as much as we're thinking about ourselves because we do in fact think about ourselves. And and that's not wrong. Like I love the exercise September of like looking at yourself in the mirror and speaking truth over the those parts of your body. I think we need to start speaking truth. And the question we need to be asking ourselves is, where do we find our worth? You know, 
Where mm-hmm. where do we find our value? Mm-hmm. Are we content with the bodies that God has given us? And we're not just being self-focused. I think it's a, really a call to start speaking truth about ourselves to ourselves over our bodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a text message from my 17-year-old last night. It was just two simple words. Made it. You see, he was driving to youth group and, and there was a little dusting of snow on the roads. And although the winds weren't too bad, he knew that I'm always nervous for him when he drives on winter streets. I didn't ask him to text me, mind you, but he just knew that my mama heart would appreciate the quick message letting me know that he and his younger brother had made it to youth group safely. And he was right. But not only was that message declaring he was physically safe, it was also a reminder to me that he was emotionally and spiritually safe. Why? Because he sent the text from a gab phone. A cell phone that looks and feels like the smartphone that all of his friends have, but that isn't connected to the internet in any way. Whenever my son leaves the house, I can breathe a sigh of relief knowing that I can get a hold of him, but that the cyber bullies, predators, and shady back alleys of social media cannot. He can call, text, and take pictures, but that's about it. In fact, he can't even participate in a group text thread, and if you've ever seen what happens in the average teen text thread, you know what a gift a one-person-at-a-time text service can be in the life of a tween or teen. To learn more or to snag a Gab phone or watch for your tween or teen, head to gabwireless.com and use promo code mom to mom at checkout. That's gab, G-A-B-B, wireless.com and use promo code M-O-M-T-O-M-O-M at checkout. Well, you know, I don't think this is a new thing to you know, motherhood or marriage or things like that. I think if I look back and think about any struggles or self-consciousness about my body or comparing my figure, maybe my intelligence, because that's a body image or my strengths, even my femininity, maybe my weight, maybe my height. And, you know, the list can go on and on. When did that begin? Have I always felt comfortable in my skin? And I don't think I ever really did feel comfortable in my skin. I'm just wondering if you had a moment, like an age that you can think back and think, nope, I, I never really did or I never really struggled until. I've struggled for a long time and I still struggle because my mom particularly was very image conscious. And in the, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, I remember her telling me, you know, I come into the room, we just suck that stomach in, you know, lift up this, do that. And it was just, it made me so conscious that, I mean, even today I find myself, I have to let my, you know, just relax and let myself just be who I am. So it, you can easily be sabotaged by the people around you if they have a certain expectation that you're to meet and you're not meeting it. That, and then you're constantly being picked at for it. And it's like, oh gosh, how, all they can see about me is how I look rather than caring about who I am. So that for me was a big struggle when I got older, growing up, I was just used to it because she always said it. But as I got older and you're thinking, why, why am I doing that? Why do I care so much? But because, you know, I just wasn't getting, I wasn't getting the affirmation of, wow, you look pretty. It was like, well, what's wrong with your makeup? Fix your hair. And, you know, stuff, it was just constant. So that really did affect me. And I'm getting, you know, over the years I've been able to get away from it, but still those voices haunt me. I think it's something to keep in mind when we're parenting our own daughters and even our sons, too. And we might not 
ever point out critical words to them, as unfortunately your mom did, Kate. But, you know, they hear us say things about our own bodies. I know I've been guilty of, of that, to, to speak critically about myself in front of my daughter. And then I've had to go back and think, like, she's going to take that on her and assume that, you know, there's this perfection that she needs to strive for in her body image. I don't, I couldn't tell you, September, when I actually began to feel very critical of my own body. I, I grew up very, very poor, and I can distinctly remember a moment in third grade where I was walking to school and some kids were on the corner and they were making fun of what I was wearing and my hair, and, and that, that stuck with me deeply. I mean, I can remember every moment of that um, confrontation. And that was, you know, how, uh, however many, 35 years ago or something. And so I can at least pinpoint that day, you know, that it began there. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just this, the power of words again. You know, words have such power. And what we, like you're saying, what you even say about yourselves, your daughter might pick that up and think, man, and, you know, they could think, it, I don't know what it could cause them to think, but I'm just thinking death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. So we can speak that disparaging critical thing over our kids or over ourselves. And those words are going to carry something. Mm -hmm. They're not just going to fall to the ground. So we just, like you said, Jamie, we need to be very careful what we say to our kids about their appearance so they don't become so conscious of it. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, you know, cultures have varying perspectives of what even is defined as beauty. You know, even historically, we as Americans have had an ever-evolving definition of beauty. If you look back at photos from you know, even a hundred years ago, their definition of beauty is so different from ours. And it's because we're such a fickle people. Our opinions are fickle. But if we remember God, on the other hand, never changes. His view of us doesn't change. His view of beauty is constant. And actually, I would argue that his view of beauty, if you really search scripture, is always heart focused. Mm. Mm. You know, we tell we tell our daughters and the next generation as we're raising them, you know, it's what's inside that counts. It's, you know, your outside, your inner beauty shines brighter than your outer beauty. I've said those words, but it really is important to, I think, also remember on the flip side of this entire conversation, and I've worked on this in my home with my girls, is that all of these things, womanhood, femininity, our health, our body image, all of that does need to be stewarded and that it, God gave this to us. And so we are to steward it, eat well, exercise, be healthy, you know, be in the word so that we are a shining light and can testify Jesus because that is really what shines brighter than our entire body image. But I feel like it's easy to have this conversation because of our experiences. But I think when we're really laying it out, we do need to do all those things so that we, in turn, can put on truth, not just the truth that God created us with this beautiful model of biblical femininity and womanhood, but also to say, he gave us a responsibility to take care of our bodies. And he gave us, you know, energy. He gave us good food. He gave us all these things to take care of ourselves so that when we pour the truth in, we can also remind ourselves, I am doing the best I can. So we can, in truth, say that. When I looked in the mirror, I didn't just say, well, God gave me this body and it's beautiful. I knew, you know, I knew that I had to remind myself of that, but I also had to say, September, you do your best. You really are. You are doing this and you are doing this and you're doing this. So I feel like we have a responsibility. That's another part of that truth to kind of 
remind us as women, you know, here in the podcast that it doesn't always have to be the same in every season and it doesn't always have the same outcome, but just to stewardship it well. And to call it out in one another, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm reminded as we're talking about a friend, I had passed my, my second book along to her before I sent it into my editor and she was pre-reading it for me. And there was a part in there that I had just slipped in as tongue in cheek. It was very hyperbolic. It was supposed to be funny. Something about my jiggly thighs. And, and I truly just meant it to be funny. But she sent me an email and exhorted me to take it out. She says, Jamie, I know you're just trying to be funny, but a woman is going to read this and it's not going to be funny for her because she's going to feel that deeply. And then as she said that, I began to feel it deeply. And I'm so glad she called that out in me because I think that in women's circles, we can sometimes be cannibalistic. We eat our own, but we need to be calling truth out to one another and and really exhorting one another to think the truth about ourselves, the truth that God says about us. We need to be doing that for our sisters in Christ. I'm wondering, girls, if there are any symptoms that you can kind of catch in yourself, things that maybe you find yourself doing or not doing when you're sort of slipping into a bad mental space about your body. And and I'll give you an example in my own life. I can always tell I'm kind of not speaking truth to myself about my own body when I find that, oh, I don't I don't want to get into the lake with my kids because that means I have to wear a bathing suit. So I'll, I'll just wear my shorts to the beach. Or maybe I decide I'm going to hold the camera so I can be on the other side of it and not be in the picture. Are there any symptoms that you can call out today? Because I'm sure that there's a woman listening that needs to recognize that she's doing that in her own life that would um, point to the fact that you're not really thinking or speaking truth about your body to yourself. Well, I'm all about the beach because we went this summer and I did buy like one of those, like a little tennis skirt kind of thing. Cause I just, I just thought I want to swim. I really want to get in the water, but there's just no way I'm going to wear a bathing suit. I don't think it would have been comfortable, but I, I just wasn't comfortable. I thought I don't want the friends we're with to see what bothers me so much about myself. They could have cared less, but I didn't want it to, to bother me. And then the other thing I sometimes find myself doing, I'll see somebody else who maybe, you know, has, bigger thighs or bigger, whatever it is. And I'll think, well, you know, is she taking care of herself? Does she need to go on a diet? And I'm like, I don't even care. I don't even need to worry about that. There's going to be a good reason why, you know, there may be something she's dealing with physically. And, but I, I can be judgmental because I'm so judgmental of myself and I'm used to, so used to hearing, you know, about my appearance that I'm quick to judge somebody else. And I have to really catch that in myself repent to the Lord, say, forgive me, God, because I have no clue what's going on in that woman's life. I have no right to do that. But it's not hard for me to slip into that and then try to catch Mm -hmm. myself. You know, it's Mm -hmm. easy to be judgmental of other people based on their appearance, you know, because I do it to myself. I think a few of the things that I've noticed about myself, and it changes, I think, in different seasons. But one of the things that I've noticed is that I try to fix everything else except for that like maybe some new clothes or maybe something in the house that is decorating. And I tend to obsess over other areas because I can't fix that. And then when I really boil it down, really, it's just bothering me and I need to either address it or do something about it. Another thing that I just noticed this past week, and I noticed it because I was 
planning this episode was that I am spending less and less time on my social media platform, which is part of my business. And I thought, I wonder why, why am I doing that? Like, why am I not showing up on stories as much? Well, one, I put a few boundaries up Two, I'm a little tired, but three is because I was going through a season where I'm really not enjoying looking at myself, which sounds vain, but it really is the truth. When I thought about it, I thought I'm just in a season where I just don't want to share what I'm feeling about this, which is really the thing women want to talk about. We want to talk about this. And I think another thing is if you listen to your conversations, at least for me, I have a lot of daughters. If I focus on what we talked about the most when I get together with them, whether it's moms, groups, friends, if you find that comes up in conversations a lot, yeah, I'm really struggling with my mate. I hope I can get to the gym, like all of these things, then usually what we actually share are those things that are kind of subconsciously, you know, bothering us. So then I know for some women, it really affects their symptomatic when it comes to their relationship with their husband. They begin to put words and thoughts into their husband's thoughts and actions that really are themselves in the way that we think about ourselves. Their husbands probably don't even think that. So yeah, the, I think that's one of the lies the enemy can easily slip in um, to us is that my husband won't find me attractive anymore unless I lose this weight. Or how about this one, girls? If I could only fit into size, fill in the blank. I'd be happy mm. or I'd, I'd look right or whatever. One thing that has really helped me this year, and I have thought about this all year long. Last spring, I was able to go to Kentucky on a sister's trip and all my sisters and I met in Kentucky. And at that point, as most of our listeners know, my sister, one of my older sisters passed away in August and she had, she had been fighting breast cancer. And at that point, she had lost a lot of weight and she was walking assisted by a cane and at times a wheelchair and had lost all her hair. And as a as a hairstylist, I, I know that had to have been one of the biggest blows for her. But man, did she smile in every picture. She wanted to be in every picture. Her body didn't look the same. Her skin was discolored. Her, her, she had lost so much weight and she didn't have any hair. And, and yet she wanted to be fully present in all of those photos. Mm -hmm. And that really has given me a lot of courage this year to be fully present in my photos. Mm -hmm. It is our hope here at the Mom to Mom podcast that all women listening, any age or demographic will not only find confidence and acceptance in her or our body images, but will remember who made us and the privilege and stewardship of seeing the beautiful creation God has given to us to care for and appreciate. In our next episode on the podcast, we are talking about healthy eating habits, and this will be a great sequel to today's episode topic on body image. We look forward to hearing from you on our social media platforms where we will continue this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us.